Hey everyone, the movie has been out for a while now, and I think at this point everyone's had a chance to see it at least once. Um, at this point, I've seen it twice, and it's finally time for me to review The Batman. I have like seven pages of notes, which I think is the most I've ever had for any review, so uh, I'm going to do my best to get through it as quickly as I can, and uh, hopefully my voice is not dead at the end of this. Um, I love the trailers for this movie, and I was very excited for it. And I could not be happier to report that this movie is fantastic. The comparison is inevitable, so let's just get it out of the way now. I still think The Dark Knight is better, but it doesn't mean I didn't love this movie. While The Dark Knight is still superior, this might be my favorite, not the best, but my favorite Batman movie. I absolutely loved it even more than I was expecting to, and I was expecting to love it. So going through the good stuff, starting with the cinematography, this movie was absolutely beautiful on every level. Every shot was immaculate and felt specifically chosen. I think it's Greg Frazier was the cinematographer on this movie, um, the director of photography, and he's quickly establishing himself as one of the best in the business. His work on Mandalorian, Rogue One, Dune, and now this is absolutely amazing. Um, I think Dune and this movie are some of the best looking big blockbusters we've had in a long time. Um, Gotham looked amazing. The action was well shot. Um, there's all these shots of Batman and Catwoman against the skyline of Gotham, which was awesome. Um, his use of lighting and shadows was mind-blowing. The sequence where Batman is just mowing through people in the hallway, and it's completely dark besides the split seconds where it's illuminated by the gunshots, is one of the best shot Batman scenes of all time, and maybe one of my favorite comic book movie sequences ever. It's mind-blowing, and I think everyone knows which one I'm talking about. Also, the upside-down shot of Batman walking towards Penguin in the crashed car is one of my favorite shots of all time, period. It's so beautiful, and it's just awesome. Um, I love the use of POV shots. There was a lot of unique camera angles. Um, this movie really is a visual feast and uh, deserves to be an early contender for Best Cinematography at the 2023 Oscars because this movie just was stunning. Talking about the visual effects and the CGI in this movie, it was near flawless. I don't think there was one single shot that looked bad or looked artificial or green screeny. Um, I could definitely tell that as much as possible was done practically, and it gave the movie a really grounded and tactile feel, even more than the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, which are known for that. Also, the color grading of this movie was awesome. It was always dark, red, or orange, which created that moody feel of the movie. Um, moving on to the direction, I've been a Matt Reeves fan for a really long time. He's one of my favorite directors, and after this movie, I love him even more. He's in that Chloe Zhao, Taka Waititi, James Gunn, Denis Villeneuve, and Christopher Nolan camp for me, where I'll see any movie they do, no matter what it's about. Uh, his direction of this movie was phenomenal, and the fact that it just came together so well is amazing. When you think about how ambitious this movie is in so many different ways, it's easy to imagine how easily it could have been a huge disaster, but the fact that it turned out so amazing is just a big accomplishment, and a huge amount of credit for that has to go to Matt Reeves. Moving on to more of the design elements of this movie, the costume design was amazing. From Riddler's creepy mask to Catwoman's suit and her wigs, it all worked so well, it all fit the tone of the movie, which is important. Um, these costumes in the comics are very wild and outlandish, and if they're trying to make them fit this dark and gritty tone. There's a lot of work that needs to be done there to make them still feel accurate to the comic books, but also fit the tone and they did a great job. I thought they nailed it. Um, this Batman suit is probably my favorite or at least it's one of my favorites we've ever seen on screen um, because it's not about the gadgets and the technical wizardry. 
It just feels like a suit of blunt force and power, which I loved. I also love the cowl. It covered just enough of Robert Pattinson's face, but also gave him a lot more room um, on the lower half of his face to emote and to uh, act within the suit, which is really important because most of the movie is spent in the suit for him. Um, and then lastly, but most importantly, it just looked cool. The design was awesome and it looked amazing on screen and I loved it. Um, another thing we have to talk about is Penguin. Colin Farrell was completely unrecognizable. I wouldn't know it was him if I hadn't known about it before seeing the movie. He looked amazing. The makeup looked completely believable. I love the way Penguin looked and I cannot wait for more of him in the future. Moving on to the set and production design, yet again, it all looked amazing. From the mayor's apartment to the Batcave, it all looked great. I really love the choice to move the Batcave under Wayne Tower, um, bringing Bruce uh, right to the center of Gotham. That was great. Also, we've got to talk about Gotham itself. When I imagine the Dark Knight trilogy, when I imagine Gotham in the Dark Knight trilogy, I know what it looked like, but it wasn't unique or interesting. It didn't have its own distinct feel. Um, it was just kind of a normal city that happened to be crime-ridden. Um, I was kind of indifferent about it. It's just a city. But when you think of Gotham in the Batman, it couldn't be more different. And this movie, Gotham has a distinct feeling to it. I think of Gotham and it gives me this unique feeling different than any other fictional location. Never before have I cared about Gotham as much as I do in this movie. Before, Gotham was just Gotham. It was just a city, just a backdrop to the action. It is so intrinsically tied to the essence of this movie, the plot of this movie, and it really does feel like a character in this movie. Also, just visually, it looks so different. It's always dark. It's always wet. Um, the Gotham in this movie is a location I loved, and I desperately want to spend more time there. Um, I want to revisit this world. I just want to explore it. I want to go places, learn about it, see more of it. And rarely do I ever care about a movie location this much. I can't think of any time where I've wanted to explore a fictional location more since maybe Wakanda. And even Gotham surpasses Wakanda for me. The world Matt Reeves has created is just so intriguing. And I get that childlike sense of wonder where all I want to do is go back and spend more time there. It's amazing. And of course, this comes from the production design and the way Gotham looks visually. And uh, all of that was fantastic. I really, really love Gotham in this movie. And just a quick tangent, since we're already on the subject of Gotham, this doesn't really fit in with the technical aspects we're already talking about. But I just wanted to quickly mention the world building. One major reason why I'm so excited for Batman 2 that isn't the characters or story is to just return to this world Matt Reeves created. I love the world building. I love the information we got on events in Gotham's past. The Arkham's and Wayne's found in Gotham. The Moroni drug bust. The Iceberg Lounge exploring the corruption so imbued into Gotham. It was all just really fascinating and I just want more. Matt Reeves has created such a great world right for all sorts of storytelling and I really hope they capitalize on that because I really just want to see more. I could see a whole kind of universe created around this Gotham where there's multiple spin-off shows and then the mainline Batman movies and it all weaves and interconnects and I just want to see as much as that as they can give us. Um, because the world building is fantastic and I love this Gotham. Um, so that's the production design and a quick tangent on the world building. Moving on to the sound design. Um, there's not much to say here besides the fact that it was extremely well done from Riddler's duct tape to the Batmobile's engine. Um, I love how the Batmobile was just like a muscle car, like the souped up muscle car and the engine just had so much power and told you everything you needed to know. Um, that was great. 
The sound design sounded great. It contributed to the overall world Matt Reeves created. It was fantastic. Another aspect of this movie we've got to talk about is the music. Michael Giacchino's score is absolutely phenomenal in some of his best work yet. Um, the main Batman theme is outstanding. His music is that final piece of the puzzle that completes the overall tone of the movie. Um, and I really, really hope this movie earns him an Oscar nomination because he definitely deserves it. Um, I think this is my favorite or one of my favorite Michael Giacchino scores. It is so good. Um, another component I've got to mention is the soundtrack, the use of Ave Maria, and especially something in the way, the Nirvana song at the beginning and at the end of the movie is perfect. It fits the moody tone of the movie so well, and it catapults all the scenes it plays during to the next level. Um, it's definitely one of the best parts of the movie. And just the beginning and the end um, with this music that's just so moody, and then with with uh, Batman's narration, it just is working so well, firing on all cylinders, and some of my favorite Batman scenes we've ever gotten. It's so great. So I've been kind of building up to this, talking about the tone and the mood of this movie. All these components we've been talking about come together to imbue the movie with a dark and moody tone that's completely unique, and I loved it. It worked so well. I found myself sitting in the theater um, just relishing in the tone of the movie. It's phenomenal. I love the darkness. I love how moody it is. I love how um, gritty and grounded and all of that is just amazing. And the first thing usually you think about when someone mentions a movie, the first thing you think about is the feeling it gave you. And the first thing I think about when someone mentions the Batman is the tone and that feeling it gave me. And I love when a movie can do that. And uh, this movie just found this amazing tone that I just want to spend more time with and I love. So we've talked about all the technical aspects. This was a very extremely well-made movie um, on that level. Moving away from that, I've got to talk about really what this movie is and the genre it exists in. This is the true detective Batman movie that so many people have wanted for so long. At its core, it's a serial killer mystery movie. The David Fincher, Zodiac, and Seven Inspirations were plain to see, but it just worked so well, and I found myself loving that. I also loved how this movie is about year two Batman, dramatically. The early Batman who hasn't figured out how to Batman yet, and then the grizzled older Batman are the most interesting to me. The peak of his abilities knows what he's doing Batman, just isn't as interesting of a character. And then we recently got the grizzled older Batman in Ben Affleck. So I'm excited to be returning to an earlier Batman who's just figuring out how to Batman. The last thing I loved about this movie is how Batman is a symbol of fear. This movie is Batman's journey to become a hero. We don't see him in a place where he's a hero yet. He's really not a hero yet. He's just a vigilante that criminals are terrified of. And I just really love that idea because we've explored how Batman is a hero, how he helps people, but we haven't explored how he's terrifying and how much of a symbol of fear he is for the villains. And I loved seeing that in this movie. And it's just a simple thing that we haven't explored. And it's just really awesome to see. Moving on from that, also the writing on this movie was great. The way it handles so many complex intertwining storylines and character motivations and exposition and world building in one three hour movie is very impressive. I don't think it was perfect. We'll talk about my criticisms later. But for the most part, I think the story was written in a mostly understandable way. And I was most impressed with the quality of character work inside this massive detective story. This movie is so big and in huge blockbusters like this, it's so easy to lose the character work, to lose the development, the character arcs. And um, they were definitely there in this movie. And I just found them so interesting. 
Batman undergoes such a philosophical change in this movie, a much bigger philosophical change, and he undergoes a much bigger arc than I think he does in almost any other Batman movie. And I love that because there is a lot to chew on here from a character perspective. And you know that that's one of my favorite things about movies. Moving on to the action, all the action in this movie was fantastic. Catwoman's martial arts, um, Batman versus the criminals in the beginning, Batman in the Iceberg Lounge, the final battle against Riddler's followers, the awesome car chase, and everything else. It was well choreographed, well shot, extremely thrilling. Unlike most comic book properties, the action wasn't really the focus of the movie. When I was writing my notes to review this movie, I forgot to put action in. And then I went back and I was looking through it and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot to put action in. That's because action is just not that important to this movie. Um, and that's actually really cool to me because usually action is such a major part of these comic book movies. But the fact that it's kind of an afterthought a little bit, um, that doesn't mean it wasn't handled well. That doesn't mean it wasn't good. I just mean that it's like not one of the first things you think about with this movie. It's just really cool to me that this movie stands on its own without the action. Um, but then of course, the action that was here was fantastic. It was awesome. Uh, most of it wasn't really needed, but it was just included because this is a Batman movie, and I appreciated that. Um, it was awesome, even though it wasn't super necessary to the plot, especially things like Penguin's car chase. Now, objectively, that should have been cut down. That should have been edited down to be a little tighter, a little shorter, but that car chase is just so cool and so awesome and so memorable that it's just awesome, and I loved it. Um, one of the greatest scenes of this movie. It was fantastic. Moving on to the performances, starting with Robert Pattinson. He was a fantastic Batman. He really portrayed how absolutely broken Bruce Wayne is, much better than any other actor has. I was very impressed with how much he was able to convey without dialogue. He spends so much time in the suit, and he has to convey Batman's inner thoughts and feelings through just his eyes and body language. That's not an easy thing to do, but he nailed it. Um, we'll talk about my thoughts on his interpretation of Batman and the character later. But just for now, know that I loved his performance. Um, I know people were, some people were hesitant and were doubting him, uh, Twilight Boy, but he was fantastic in this movie. He proved all those people wrong. Zoe Kravitz as Selena Kyle was also amazing in this movie. Catwoman is one of the hardest characters to play because she's so multifaceted and so layered. Um, there's so many aspects that need to be hit, and Zoe nailed them all. She sold the emotion, the flirtatious part of the character, and the determination and ruthlessness of the character. Um, she was definitely one of the standouts of this movie. Also, her physicality really worked for Catwoman. She sold that very slick fighting style perfectly, and her line delivery was great. She was given a lot of exposition, and she delivered it all very well. Jeffrey Wright as Lieutenant Gordon, who is not yet Commissioner Gordon, was great in this movie as well. There's not much to say about him on his own because his entire character is predicated on his relationship with Batman, which I'll talk about later, but he was great. Colin Farrell as Penguin was a standout. He was unrecognizable, completely disappeared into the role. He was a red herring during the movie in the actual plot, but I love how he represented all the criminals of Gotham. He brought the perfect amount of humor and comic relief. He was actually really funny, but he never went too far. Penguin still felt like a genuine threat, um, and especially after that beautiful final shot where Penguin looks out at Gotham after Falcone is killed and it's the perfect time for a power grab. Um, it's a great setup and it felt natural in the story and I cannot wait to see where that goes. I could not have cared less before this uh, movie about a Penguin spinoff show. I was kind of like, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll watch it, but I don't know. But after this movie, I cannot wait for it. I'm so excited for it. 
And I cannot wait to see more of Colin Farrell in this role because he was phenomenal. Uh, Paul Dano as the Riddler was great too. I love the characterization of the Riddler. He was both scary and kind of soft at the same time, which made him even creepier. Um, He was kind of overselling it, uh, overacting a little bit, but that's kind of Paul Dano. That's what he does. And it worked for me. Um, I love how he's not physically imposing at all, but his insanity just makes him terrifying. Um, He totally went for it and it paid off. It's genuinely scary when he raises his voice and when he shouts. So he was great in this movie. I loved his performance. John Torturo as Falcone was a great surprise. He was awesome. I liked how sympathetic he seemed whenever he was talking to Batman, but of course it turned out to be fake. Um, He was very charming, which is great for a big mob boss. That was great. Andy Serkis as Alfred was good. Peter Sarsgaard as Gil Coulson was a standout. Barry Keegan as Joker, we'll talk about. But everyone I mentioned was fantastic. Everyone I didn't mention was fantastic. I was very happy with the acting in this movie, especially from those key players I talked about. Moving on to the characters, I want to talk about the character arcs and their development because there's a lot to talk about here. Starting with Batman himself, this movie takes a completely different approach in its characterization of him. Other Batman movies have really focused on the duality between Bruce Wayne, the billionaire playboy, and Batman the vigilante. Or they've shown Batman as kind of the facade of Bruce Wayne, as the mask of Bruce Wayne, as just an extension of him. This movie purposefully goes in a completely different direction. Instead of there being a duality, um, Bruce Wayne doesn't know how to Bruce Wayne yet. This movie goes with the interpretation that there is no Bruce Wayne yet. Bruce died with his parents and Bruce is just the mask for Batman and not the other way around. I love this take on the character. Um, I love how this movie shows how absolutely psychologically tormented Bruce is. He's in this nonstop trauma loop where every night he beats up criminals, he takes out all his anger on criminals, but it's bad for him because he keeps doing it over and over and he can never get past his parents' death. He's caught in this loop and he's unable to heal or move past it. I love how he has this fear of losing the people close to him, like Alfred, how he sees himself in the mayor's son. That was a great touch by Matt Reeves. Um, I'm glad there wasn't any dialogue that actually said that. I'm glad it was kept more subtle. Um, You kind of just read that, which I liked. The initial characterization of Batman is fantastic. It's all summed up in his opening narration. Honestly, the narration scenes are my favorite scenes in the movie because they totally encapsulate Batman's journey and his character arc. I have written down some of the dialogue just because I want to read it to highlight it because I just think it's so good. When that light hits the sky, it's not just a call. It's a warning to them. Fear is a tool. They think that I'm hiding in the shadows, but I am the shadows. I wish I could say that I'm making a difference, but I don't know. The nights all roll together in a rush. Behind the mask, sometimes in the morning, I have to push myself to remember everything that happened. So that's the opening narration. We see how tormented Bruce is. He doesn't know if he's actually making the change, if he's helping people for sure or not. Um, And then we get the final narration. I'm starting to see now. I have had an effect here, but not the one I've intended. Vengeance won't change the past, not mine or anyone else's. I have to become more. People need hope to know someone's out there for them. The city's angry, scarred like me. Those scars could destroy us, even after the physical wounds are healed. But if we survive them, then they can transform us. They can give us the power to endure and the strength to fight. I mean, I just had to read that out loud. Of course, I can't deliver it like Robert Pattinson does. But what beautiful dialogue. His entire journey, his entire character arc is perfectly summarized in this narration. Batman was torn. He was broken because he wasn't sure if he was making a change by being a symbol of fear. He was looking for more. But then Riddler holds a mirror back on him. 
Riddler shows him that fear only breeds more destruction and breeds more fear. Riddler is a direct product of Batman, and Batman sees that, he changes, he learns the way to make real change in Gotham is to become a symbol for hope instead of fear. Batman went from looking for the bad people to punch to looking for the good ones to save. It's such a simple yet extremely satisfying character arc, and it was executed so well. Batman goes from being just a simple revenge-seeking vigilante to a true hero, which is such a huge philosophical change he undergoes throughout the movie, but it's done so well and it's so easily understandable and it's summarized in those narration scenes, which I loved. Um, and it just worked so well and it's just an extremely satisfying arc. Moving on to Catwoman, her characterization was good. She was kind of used more as a plot device in the movie, but I do appreciate how they gave her a motivation. Um, I love how she always has her own agenda. She'll cooperate with Batman when it benefits her, but she's always going to do what serves her own purposes. I liked her emotional story with Annika. I liked the reveal that Falcone is her father. All of that was well done. She was a well-developed character with her own goals and with her own motivations. I especially love the moment where she calls out Batman for judging her for stealing. She calls out his privilege. She tells him that he can't judge her for doing something he's never had to do because he's rich. Um, that was great. She doesn't have much of an arc in the movie besides taking revenge on Falcone for killing Annika but I thought she was a very well-developed and compelling character. The final character I want to talk about is Riddler. Um, I loved, loved, loved his characterization in this movie. We already talked about how insane and creepy he is because of Paul Dano, which I loved, but I also loved his motivations. You know, I love a good, well-developed villain. What I love about Riddler is how he's a direct product of Batman. He was inspired by Batman's use of fear he decided to do the same thing for a good reason. He decided to do the same thing to expose the corruption in Gotham. He's a fantastic villain in that his motivations are good, but he goes about it the wrong way. All he wants to do is expose the corruption, which I love. I also love how in his twisted mind, he believes he has this relationship with Batman. He believes truly that he's partners with Batman because the entire time he's been helping Batman reveal the corruption, he thinks he's doing Batman a service but Batman doesn't see it that way. Um, and he sees them as a team, which is awesome. He just goes too far where Batman has hope, where Batman thinks he can fix the city. Riddler is more cynical and he decides to destroy the entire city because it's too corrupt um, by flooding it. That was fantastic. I love this character. He was such a well done and compelling villain and one of my favorite parts of the movie. So I just wanted to focus on those three, Batman, Catwoman, and uh, Riddler because I loved their characterization. They were all well-developed and compelling characters. The rest of the characters I've already kind of talked about, so I don't want to repeat myself. I really liked Gordon. I absolutely loved Penguin. Falcone was a great villain. Alfred was great, although we didn't see much of him. Uh, all of the characters were very well utilized in this movie, and I really want to see more of them. I'm so glad we're getting that Penguin spinoff, that Arkham spinoff. Hopefully they announce a Catwoman spinoff, because I would love that. And I just really loved all the characters in this movie. Okay, so we've spent a lot of time on the characters and the performances. The last thing is the character relationships. Um, let's start with Gordon and Batman. I love their partnership in this movie. We skipped past the distrust in the beginning because this is year two. We skipped to the point where they both fully trust each other. And I love seeing them together. This is the first movie where they truly felt like partners more than they have been in any other iterations. We saw them together the most. Gordon got the biggest role. He actually had an active part in 
um, in this investigation and this mystery. And I love their relationship. I want to see more of them together. And I really liked all that. Alfred and Batman together were great as well. We really didn't see much of them. So the movie really did rely on the audience's previous knowledge on them. But I didn't mind that too much. This whole movie is reliant on the audience's previous knowledge on Batman and his backstory. So it's not a big deal. Uh, Catwoman and Batman were also great. The chemistry between them was insane off the charts. And I love how they worked together at points and sort of didn't work together at points. Um, their relationship was the perfect Catwoman-Batman relationship because it borders on romantic, but never gets that far because they're just philosophically different people, fundamentally opposed people. Um, Catwoman is just ultimately selfish and that she's going to do what's good for herself. And uh, Batman is so dedicated to his role in Gotham as Batman that uh, they just can't be together. So I loved all of that in this movie. I love them going their separate ways in the end. Um, the last thing I want to talk about in the good section is the story. I absolutely loved it. I mean, I've been talking about it this whole time. The story is fantastic. I love how they pulled a Spider-Man homecoming and skipped the origin story. We don't need to see that again. We've seen it so many times. I think everyone gets it. Um, I loved exploring the corruption, exploring the seedy underbelly of Gotham. We've been told that it's very corrupt, but we really haven't explored it to this level before in other Batman movies. I loved Bruce confronting the sins of his father, learning that his family history is not what he thinks. That entire backstory about, um, about his father trying to pay off the reporter to protect his mother, all that stuff was great. I really liked it. It was all extremely compelling and interesting and a new take on this story. Um, there was also a lot of fun subversion of expectations um, and just so many compelling scenes. This movie just has sequence after sequence that is so memorable, so compelling, from the car chase to the mayor's funeral that's crashed by the Riddler to uh, the bomb that gets sent to Batman, but then Alfred's opening it, and then the tension during that scene. Um, this movie really was phenomenal on so many levels. I feel like I could continue raving about it for another hour, but I really think you get the point, and I don't want to get too repetitive, although I feel like I might have already. Um, so let's move on to my criticisms. So you know I love this movie, although I will say that it is flawed. It's not a perfect movie. First of all, it was a little bit convoluted and a little bit overstuffed. There were so many characters and so many things going on that it got pretty confusing. After two watches, I do understand it pretty well, but there are still things I don't fully get. It's the responsibility of the storyteller to present a story to the audience that is understandable, and usually it shouldn't even take two watches to fully understand it. And if it's not fully understandable after two watches, then that might be a problem. That's a sign that, that this is too convoluted, too confusing. Um, there's just so much going on in this movie, so many characters um, that it's just a little bit too much to understand. I loved it. I love the plot, but there are things that could have been cut down, things that could have been um, condensed and streamlined to make it a lot more understandable. Another big issue with this movie is the runtime. While the pacing is good for the most part, I was engaged. It's by the time you get to the third act, it really drags. It's at the point when Batman captures Riddler and you look at the watch and there's an hour left in the movie after that point that it really starts to drag and you really start to feel that runtime. Things like Joker's appearance and the penguin chase scene could have either been cut down or completely cut out. This movie was definitely objectively too long and by the third hour, I was getting very impatient. Um, the other last thing is that Joker scene it felt like the only time the movie was really selling out. It feels like it could have worked better as a post-credit scene because it was a very obvious setup for the future. Uh, felt like an MCU setup for the future, except stuffed into the movie instead of in a post-credit scene. And it just did not work in the context of the movie. There was no point for it. Um, it was just a really, really bad scene. 
And I like Barry Keegan. I like the actor. He's great in Eternals. He's a great actor. It's just that the scene did not work in the context of the movie and should have been either completely cut or put as a post-credit scene. Um, but those are my main problems with the movie. There's also little nitpicks I can make. There's also small logic problems and things that don't make perfect sense, but they're all very minor. And I feel like you can do that with any movie. So they're not worth spending the time on. Overall, I love this movie. As you've heard, I've talked about it so much. This is one of my favorite movies of 2022 so far. One of my favorite DC movies ever. One of my favorite superhero and comic book movies ever. I really, really loved it. And I cannot wait to return to that world and watch it again for the third time. Um, what did you think of this movie? Did you love it as much as me? Did you like it but not love it? I can see why people didn't like it as much um, because they weren't a fan of the detective mystery serial killer stuff. But let me know in the comments, in the voicemail, in the email, and in the forum what your thoughts are on this movie, what your thoughts are on my review. If you agree or disagree with me, um, please let me know. I like to hear all different feedback and all different opinions and perspectives and all different viewpoints. And uh, thank you so much for listening and have a good day.